look at me again, unprepared. <sighs> Honestly, you deserve better. Am I good? All right. All right. How do I do? Oh, yeah. You can probably tell by the lackluster and less than impressive way that I started the podcast that this is indeed the Evil Hour Podcast with Close Code of I'm your host, Knight, here for another week. Still alive. I uh, hope you are too. The boys are back. Another week winding down season two. It's almost over. Uh, it's, it's been a joy. It's been a pleasure. I can't wait. But we're not there yet. We're not there. Let's talk about today's topic. Today on the podcast, we discuss codependency. We've been building this episode up for a while and we finally did it. And it was everything I imagined. I mean, it, it was what, another one of those real Hall of Fame bangers, those real hood classic, them hood anthems. You know, this one was it. This one was a guaranteed certified slapper. I really learned so much from this episode and I related a lot to the topic of codependency because I have had these behaviors in the past that I didn't really know where to place. I didn't know where they were coming from. And learning about codependency, I started to kind of put together the pieces. When you start to psychologically mesh yourself with other people, you start to lose track of your own feelings. And you start to take on their feelings. You see them mad, it's like, oh, it must be my fault because you don't have your own boundaries. It's strange. You start putting yourself, you start voluntarily putting yourself second. And you and you and you justify it, and I've I've fallen victim to this in the past. So it might be really helpful for people to hear this episode and and hear what they what they relate to. Um, if you identify as like a savior or, or a fixer, or you keep finding yourself in relationships where you have these people who need fixing, then hey. And we talk about the different forms of it because it's not just romantic relationships that codependency affects. It's it's all relationships, all different types of relationships. It can, it can be uh, a parent, like a mom or a dad who's super protective or to the point where the mom or dad thinks that the, you know, that the person can't even take care of themselves. They need me. You actually need me. And it might be a little bit of codependency there. Any parents listening to this? Let me know. Uh, but as always, you already know I'm going to say Beats by Makile. His uh, link is in the description if you want to buy some beats. Year is ending. Season is ending. So if you want to give us some, maybe a tip or two in the tip jar, that would be much appreciated. But let's get to this episode because I'm tired of stalling. All right. It's the Evie Albert Podcast with Coach Cody Manawi. I'm your host, Knight. And yeah, are we good? Can we? All right. Let's begin the program.
let them know where they at. It's the most hype meditation ever. Picture your guided meditation. Like, close your motherfucking eyes. <laughs> oh man, listen, man. You good? Go ahead, take your little, take your last sip because we about to get in it. Need to moisturize. We about to get in it. You already know who it is. You already know what it is. You already know when it is. You already know where it is. You already know how it is. It's the. Evil Hour Podcast with Coach Cody Manawi. I'm your host, Knight, here for another week. How are you? How are you, How listeners? are you, peoples? How are you? Back How at it. are you? Yeah, think about it. Pause it right now. Take it in. How am I? If you don't listen to the rest of this episode because you're thinking about how you are, you know what? That's all good. It's all good. That's all fine. Good. But Coach Cody Manawi, can I ask you something? What's up? How are you today? How I'm are you doing? doing good. Today's good. I am, um, yeah. I mean, yesterday I spent, it was the new year now. Happy 2021. Happy 2021. I love people who, who are literally blaming 2020 for like all of the problems in the world. I was yeah. like, dog, you know it's just going to carry over. You had over. mental health issues before <laughs> this. You know they're coming with you to the next year, right? They, they you know, I mean, I'm, you know, we made it past this and I'm glad that a lot of people are optimistic to, uh, to start new, to start working on themselves, work on their careers, work on the spirit. I'm feeling, I'm feeling that energy right now. I am too. I can't, I can't lie. I'm making fun of them, but I am feeling renewed. I'm feeling very good, and it wasn't, it didn't feel forced at all. Like I was, like before I even got to, like setting my goals and all that shit. Like I woke up, I slept through the ball dropping. Really? And I woke up at like two in the morning, and I was just inspired, and I just started writing, and I didn't even, I barely, like. Mm, so you, I, felt, you felt yeah. a strike of inspiration there. Yeah, it was, and it, it didn't feel forced And that, that was good, so I've been rolling off of that energy How are you? I'm good, same, same, man I feel very excited for this next year I, I've been I've been talking about it Every podcast, I feel like I've been saying how excited I am About everything um, that we have coming up Every, You know, the world just moving into a new phase I, I'm excited about the, the losses, the, the gains, everything, man I'm just excited to keep moving Yeah, all, some, not all of the losses were bad Yeah I mean, not talking about anybody's life but you know, I feel like we all lost something yeah. of ourselves in in the last year, and you know, some of those losses might be good. I know people tend to grieve when they lose a piece of themselves, but mm-hmm. there's also a moment where you're just like, yeah, I am a new person, and I love this new person. Yeah, I, I do feel like there's a lot of re- uh, renewal happening. Speaking of renewal, uh, I'm getting word from our sources here. Seems we've been renewed for a third season. Yes, we Look have. Look at that. Yeah. More expert overthinking with your boys coming back for another season. So don't you worry. We we got maybe, I think we got two more episodes left before the season is over, but yeah. we'll be back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we we'll are. We'll be back we are, stronger, um, too. Yeah. We have a lot of plans. I don't like to talk about things beforehand, but we will be back in Q2. All right, but but let's okay because because we do need to talk. We we got we got a topic for today. Yes, and I want to get into the topic for today because this is a topic that that's very near and dear to your heart. This is something that we previewed in the claim your space episode about yes, boundaries. Yes. We talked about this topic, and I'm gonna go ahead and lay out what the topic for today is. The topic is codependency. Codependency. Ooh. We also talked about it. Um, in season one, when we were talking about narcissism, yes, which yeah, and we uh, we grazed over, and I didn't, you know, looking back on the episode, I had no idea how mm. much I probably should have leaned into that avenue. Mm. Um, but you know, after time, I was like, oh, 
is that's what that is a huge thing in in the world yeah and oh in the world yeah yeah so i i feel like you know being able to pinpoint this specific psychological hindrance that a lot of us may have and not even know that we have is is something that's extremely important and especially like you said in today's society a lot of people are 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 codependent and uh are not aware so let's get into codependency shall we well didn't you want to start with something i did want to start with something i was going to give myself the alley-oop but you actually gave me the transition to begin Thank you, sir. Today, uh, before we get into our huge talk about codependency, I want to talk a little bit about shame, shame because I feel like a lot of codependent behavior is rooted in shame. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you about shame because we haven't really talked to we, we we have talked about shame. We didn't do a whole episode on shame, but mm-hmm. I, I would like to talk about it a little bit now asking you, like, do we need shame? Do we need Because when shame? I first thought about it, Ooh. I'm like, we kind of, we need shame. Yeah, I mean, I, I also think that uh, it's not necessarily something that we, I mean, there are people who are quite shameless um, mm-hmm. and weirdly, um, I feel like people who are shameless at, at a certain point had a lot of shame and just needed to completely abandon it. Mm. Um, but I think shame in in good amounts allows you to have some sense of self-regulation and it allows you to um, check yourself at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but where that shame is coming from often enough is not from our own mouths and it's from other people and it's from society and we don't get to we don't always choose what is shameful for us to do yeah because we don't really know ourselves and so we can't really self-regulate ourselves when we don't know ourselves and know what is best for Mm. us and that's the trick of it because you can be shameful of something and it's like dude i don't know why you're shameful about that like everybody experiences that yeah but it's like society putting these ideas in your head um before we do that though uh can you do what the fuck you're supposed to do i don't know at this point you should just be queuing up the definitions but i have it right here for you so i actually have the definition of shame already put up so i you know before you Give me that little nasty mouth. (laughs) I'm on mobile. Please. So shame is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. Hmm. Now, I was thinking about shame, right? And as I gave you that question in the beginning, do we need shame? And And at first I was like, well, yeah, we do need shame. And I think everything that you just said makes a lot of sense. But then I was thinking... Uh, Because I read this definition, I'm going to give a definition to your ass. It says, shame defined from a psychological standpoint is an unpleasant self-conscious emotion typically associated with the negative evaluation of the self. So feelings of distress, exposure, mistrust, powerlessness, and worthlessness, right? So it's, it's associated with the self, like you are ashamed of yourself. And I'm like... Well, I don't know if that's necessarily needed. Guilt is needed because that's associated with the actions. Mm-hmm. So you you should be guilty if you did something that's that's wrong to somebody. You should feel guilt. But shame, since it's associated with just you, nobody is inherently bad. Like you're not you're just not a you're not born a bad person. So mm-hmm. you really shouldn't have shame. You should have guilt. You mm. know, that's that's how I that's how I see it. Yeah, I mean, let me sit with that. Like guilt comes from the negative evaluation of one's behavior. Like I, I did something wrong. Shame is the general feeling of inadequacy. So there's a difference. 
Like you're bad just because, and that's why you feel shame. Not because you did anything in particular. Uh, because that's guilt. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I think what I was describing before was more of guilt yeah. than shame because, yeah, guilt will... Lead to that self-regulation. Yeah, it will lead you to self-regulation. Shame, just feeling bad about who you are. Um, but at the same time, there's some people who... Would you say shame is extreme guilt? Hmm. I would say I would say shame is like exaggerated guilt because then it, like it's it moves past like the things that you did and now it's just about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, but there's you know some people who do bad so long that like you know they may actually need shame to to check them mm-hmm. um, because like you know you can feel guilty, but like if you just feel a little bit of guilty and you just let it, let it go all the time, mm-hmm. then like. You, you might need a you might need an emotion like shame. Yeah. Like something to more really extreme. pull pull you out of like your own like self denial hmm. or like, you know, not being able to own up for for the wrong that you've done. Hmm. Um and I, I, I think that I've felt shameful at moments of my life and I don't think it was completely um destructive. Right. Um, it was I, useful a little bit. I feel like in some sense I needed that much of a a push to uh, to get myself out of where I was. I mean, I did need to forgive myself at some point. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think you should hold shame for too long. But I, I think, like I said, like in, in small amounts or at the right time, it is an extreme enough emotion that should allow you to regulate yourself. Well, yeah. So I, I, I do agree with that. And I think that what you are describing is just on the case by case basis. It it goes down to, yeah, it's very nuanced. It's down to whoever that person is, but that general feeling of inadequacy, I can really see how it leads to something like codependency, because if you don't value what you bring to the table as a human being, then you start attaching what you, uh, all the thoughts of yourself to another person. And Mm -hmm. that's when you start seeing a lot of this codependency come, come into play. So let's, let's talk about codependency. Let's have a real, conversation about it do you have the definition for that yes i was about to say that you know shame is the source of a lot of mental illnesses um and maybe even uh you know next season we can talk about Mm. shame a little bit more in detail because narcissism also comes from shame yeah you know a a myriad of other Mm. mental health issues can stem from shame but without veering too off um let's get into codependency like you said let's do it um so codependency we have there's many definitions of codependency, by the way. Yes, um, but I felt like the best definition uh, was from Wikipedia, and codependency is a relationship imbalance where one person enables another person's addiction, poor mental health, immaturity, irresponsibility, or underachievement. Mm. And so, when you have the conversation about codependency, um, a lot of times it's discussed when there is a relationship and somebody is abusing a substance. So uh, codependency kind of was born out of studies in uh, relationships with alcoholics. Um, And that's where they started to notice that there's a certain uh, behavioral pattern there. Mm, So there's a behavior pattern with the alcoholic, but then there's a a behavior pattern with the person, whoever is is supporting the alcoholic. Yeah, whoever is enabling them. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, there is a difference between uh, you know, the coming and going clinginess and wanting to take care of somebody. Um, and codependency usually refers to a more extreme 
um, version of that mm-hmm. in a more extreme, uh, more extreme cases. What's interesting about codependency is that um, they expanded the definition of it because it doesn't only affect people who are in um, relationships with substance abusers, but um, also narcissists and just other imbalanced uh, toxic relationships. Mm-hmm. So it's not always in romantic relationships, but it's also in platonic relationships and uh, family relationships. Mm-hmm. So like you can be a, uh, in a codependent relationship with your friend or with your with a family member or somebody that you're in love with. Mm-hmm. It doesn't the borders don't stop at romantic relationships. Right, right. It's yeah. just people in general. Any any time that you start to you, you can't identify who you are and you start to psychologically kind of enmesh with another person then you're becoming more and more codependent mm-hmm. as they say yeah i mean there's there's a you know, what, what was your go ahead go ahead i was gonna ask because you this was this this episode was something that you had on the back burner for a long time that you really wanted to talk about. And I know you have a lot of personal experiences with codependency, and that was part of the reason why you wanted to talk about it so much. What what are you comfortable talking about some of those? Well, you don't have a choice. I'm going to make you but uh, continue. I, I, I Before you said that, uh, I was comfortable to talk about it. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> um, no, but yeah, I think I do have. I I would say that I have codependent behavior um, or I've been working on codependent behavior since uh, we talked about it. And that was this summer Mm -hmm. um, when I really started to see it as a problem. And and the funny thing about it is um, most codependents deny that they're codependent uh, to begin with. Um, The same thing with narcissism. And we Mm -hmm. talked about that in the narcissism episode. Um, But it does take some time to even admit that you are codependent because um, it is something that is a part of your identity. And a lot of people who um, would even label themselves as like a fixer or like uh, Mm. somebody who is just like really caring of people um, or that they feel like their purpose in life is to take care of people. Mm. So some of these maybe uh, super spiritual people. Yeah, I mean, it it, it seems like a very virtuous uh, a lot of things that we identify with may sound virtuous. So if you think of yourself as, oh, I'm a caregiver, I, I, I love to take care of people, mm-hmm. um, it sounds like you're just a good person. That's what society deems as, you know, somebody who is has very high morals and mm-hmm. very high values. But when your identity is solely built off of being in relationships where uh, somebody needs you and it is a, a situation that is hard for you to be in and you're like sacrificing your needs and, and desires, mm. then it becomes a pattern in which you never get your needs and your desires met. Mm. And it's a- and you're actively doing this. That's the crazy part because we, we just talked about suppression and repression in, in mm-hmm. the uh, anger episode. And I feel like that's what codependents do. They suppress their own emotions voluntarily, you know, yeah. and, and, and in the... For the greater good. Right, quote yeah. unquote. Yeah. And really... It's you're voluntarily taking the short end of the stick and and like nobody asked you to do this and it's hurting you, but you feel like, you know, I guess you're doing the right thing. Yeah. You feel like that for me and and my situation, I felt like I was doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was loving this person unconditionally. Mm -hmm. I felt like, uh, or I was loving these people unconditionally because I, you know, 
my history with codependency extends beyond just romantic relationships. I had friendships where I was codependent as well. And I felt like certain people needed me. And if they didn't need me, then like, what was my point of being friends with them and blah, 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 blah. Mm. Um, And so, but I thought that this made me a good person. And little did I know that I was sacrificing a lot of the things I needed and I wanted. I was sacrificing my my emotional well-being because I was ignoring my feelings um, for the sake of this relationship because I identified myself with being like being this type of person. Right. So like where is this codependency stemming from? Or, or maybe I can ask you because you seem like you ha- you're starting to get more of a, a awareness. For of me, it. well, I know in many cases, um, codependency can be passed on from generation to generation. So codependency actually is one of those generational curses mm. where if you observe codependent behavior, um, or you observe somebody enabling somebody's like drug abuse, or you you start observe them enabling uh, their anger issues. Mm, do you or think you, this is just how you're supposed to be? You're you you think to... that that's how you love somebody? Right. That you love them through anything. You love them no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so being taught that through like seeing it in other relationships, um, it's very easy for you to visualize that's what love is, and right. that's what, and that's what you start to enact. Um, subconsciously. And although when you were young, you knew that that was wrong. Right. You knew that it should, you know, whatever the case may be. Right. But if that's all you know of is love, and and if you see that person who did that very highly, then you say, okay, this is this person knows how to love when they're actually like sacrificing a lot of right. themselves. And that person doesn't have a good enough understanding of boundaries and they're not teaching you that. Yeah. So, so you're getting all of you're getting all of that without having a true understanding of like why that person is doing that. That person is doing it because they're actually codependent. Yeah. I mean, but it's not only from, you know, there's some people who it's not only that some people saw codependent behaviors, but it's also like, you know, when they were younger, their their parents didn't um, honor their boundaries or when they were younger, mm. their parents needed them and their parents leaned too much on them. And so they developed this sense of self where they were caretakers of their parents mm-hmm. or you know they may have been caretakers of their siblings and right. they were holding responsibilities and they were always putting themselves last right and they and they were holding these responsibilities that they didn't ask for but they had to put them they were taught to um put their needs to the side and so they developed that as a as a part of themselves a certain behavior pattern right. and one, one thing that's really interesting is that um codependency is more common than women and men because of socialization. Mm. And so the way women are often socialized in Western society is that women need to take care of the man or need, yeah. need to take care of the family and like, you know, they're caretakers. And so being socialized as, oh, you need to give, you need to give, you need to give, and you're not like taking anything for yourselves, then it's very, you know, it's very easy to end up being a codependent. I was gonna and I was gonna get into that a little bit later, but I feel like since we're talking about it, that's it's it's perfect to bring up. Yeah, I do believe that because I I like to stay away from generalizations and stuff, but I do feel like it does affect women more because of those different societal constructs that we kind of force women into. Mm-hmm. We we want women to be more polite and accommodating and accepting and agreeable yeah. Yeah. at every at every chance. So that would breed somebody who starts to put their own needs to the side. 
like in 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 the craziest situations too i just feel like women just always feel like they need to be accommodating and it's sometimes mm-hmm. it's even weird to see yeah it's, it's like you're like why do, like you don't have to do all yeah. that yeah like it's okay like they they'll be all right it's crazy mm-hmm. um so I feel like some of this behavior that you're you're talking about, this like care, people feeling like they need to fix everything, being like caretakers, people extremely, pleasers, people pleasers, and they quote unquote caretakers. They always feel like they gotta fix and, and give advice. They always they're extremely self critical. They feel responsible for everyone and everything. Uh, but they, I feel like they also have these high levels of, of shame and, and guilt too. Yeah, like in, because, the, in the background. Yeah, I think it's because they 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 feel like um, they have to to sacrifice themselves. Mm-hmm. And if not, they will be abandoned. Or yeah, that, you to know, be people... of worth, you have to like sacrifice those those special things about yourself. Yeah, in order to be what this person needs for you, yeah. and and it can, I mean, oh man, there's so many things you can get into, but you, feeling that you need to give something, you need to sacrifice yourself from, makes you very vulnerable to people who are like narcissists mm-hmm. who need somebody to yeah. be giving them something. They need somebody mm. to be sacrificing themselves, and if you if a narcissist finds a codependent then like it, it's just a very oh, it's like water toxic, in the desert <laughs> oh yes it's a very very toxic cycle that they can end up in where like a, a narcissist is loves that the codependent is sacrificing so much to themselves and the codependent loves that this narcissist needs them mm-hmm. so much and so it, it's just a, it's just grounds a for a cycle. very unhealthy and uh potentially abusive whether emotionally or physically um uh, situation, you know, because the codependent is always accommodating. Yeah, man, I, I feel like you hit the nail on the head with that one, especially talking about like kind of the, the different societal uh, um, societal norms that that kind of normalize codependency um, in that weird way. I want to talk about some of the patterns and characteristics of of uh, codependency, if we can. Mm-hmm. If you're down with that, because I'm down, man. I got I got hella notes. Oh, you got hella notes. I have hella notes. Okay, it's about damn time. Only, you're only 20 episodes late, but we'll keep going. It's <laughs> like <laughs> no, no. I had notes on like <laughs> yeah, five of them. I didn't get notes on five of them. Man, I found this website, right? Literally, it's it's called Codependent Anonymous. Did yeah. you know yes. that there is a 12-step program for codependency? Yes, I do. Like, it's I a do. straight addiction. Yeah, no, codependency is a very, very, very serious problem. And, uh, and more and more, we're starting to see, like, uh, Jada Pickett-Smith, she's, like, the spokesperson of, of codependency mm. because... Uh, that was the whole um, entanglement thing. Oh, you know, the whole entanglement thing was based off of her and her codependency. You know, she felt like oh, I don't even, I forgot who the fuck she even slept with. Yeah, but she felt like he needed her mm-hmm. at that moment because he was going through something hard and blah blah blah, and so she got entangled with him and because it became like romantic in some way. Yeah, too. and it just it just ended up being a toxic relationship, right? Uh, and that's so often or not, what it not toxic to. relationship, but it just it just wasn't a healthy relationship for her right. because you know that's what she was basing it off of. Well, do you feel like I do feel like eventually it does lead to some type of toxic uh, energy? If yeah, you I, mean, a, I don't want to just call everything toxic but some things just aren't yeah aren't healthy they aren't good for you you know I, so there's some, not every relationship that isn't good for you is necessarily toxic it's just not for you and if you if That's true 
if you are used to giving up your needs and your desires in a relationship, then event at some point it's yeah. not going to be good. And that's for not you. healthy. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to be draining. You yeah. Know? yeah. Uh, so yeah, well, I got this off of Codependent Anonymous, which is a website that has a twelve step program for codependency sponsor, like access to sponsors and everything, like a serious, serious treating it like a serious addiction. And it has it is, a, it is. Yeah, I mean, it is and, yeah. and I agree with yeah, it, it is. because it's it's also one of the most covert. Um, addictions too that I, I wanted to say that earlier it, it, it it's just so sneaky so some of the patterns of a codependent person that I want to get into because this website breaks them down so well um, it breaks down the denial patterns it breaks down the the low self-esteem patterns um, how certain uh, codependents comply with certain behavior so I took a few And I wanted to talk about them specifically. Mm. Right. So some of the denial patterns that codependents often have, it says they have difficulty identifying what they are feeling. They minimize, alter or deny how they truly feel. And stop me if if one resonates with you, please. That was I mean, I (laughs) that one (laughs) like deny. uh, Yeah. Not knowing what I feel. Minimizing how you feel. You always make yourself the martyr when you don't have to. Yeah. uh, No, I mean, it's not that bad. It's like, like bro, you don't nothing even is ever that, that bad. Right. For you. Like, why, why aren't you ever mad? Like, you shouldn't get mad. Mm. It says here that they perceive themselves as completely unselfish and dedicated to the well being of others. Yep. You said that. Uh, they lack empathy for the feelings and needs of others. Now, do you, do you agree with that one? Well, see, that's one of the more covert, like, like flip sides of things. So, like, one interesting thing about codependence is that sometimes um, the fact that they ignore themselves so much mm. is hard for them to empathize with other people. Interesting. Because they're like, why Like, why do you have these emotions? Because I just completely just like, I just got rid of them. <laughs> right. It's just like, why, like, you, like, workaholics. It's very common for workaholics to also be codependent because one characteristic of codependency or a codependent is that they get a lot of um, security when they're in control. They feel very safe when they're mm, in control. I can and see so, that. You know, with their work, they're in full control of yeah. that. Yeah, that that's wild to see. Yeah. Um, it says they label others with their negative traits. Uh, it says here that they think they can take care of themselves without any help from anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, they mask their pain in various ways, such as anger, humor, and isolation. Mm-hmm. They express negativity or aggression in indirect and passive ways. Pessimism. So and, it's, it's almost and, and, and cynics. Well, th- that's true too. But I'm like that. The it being passive is a key element there because you're giving yourself the excuse almost. Mm-hmm. If you if you're not direct about how you feel and you're very passive, there's some type of cognitive dissonance. There's some type of weird psychological trick that you're playing on yourself where you're allowing the behavior to to continue because you're comfortable with it. It's how you, it's what you identify with. Yeah, I mean, if you if you're pessimistic about the world and about what people should and shouldn't be doing then you probably won't have a lot of high standards for those around you because, well, most people are assholes, right? Mm. Most people are mean, right? Most people just take and take and take, right? So, you you know, you being pessimistic, you'll never call that out. You'll never stop. You'll never stop accepting that because... You really think that that's how people are. And it gives you more, it gives you more uh, reason 
to do quote unquote good. It gives you more reason to be this caregiver because like at least oh, you yeah. are Yeah, at least I'm at least yeah. I'm a good person right. where I'm an angel. Right. You know? Exactly. And the last one here says um, they do not recognize the unavailability of those people to whom they are attracted. So mm. that's interesting too. Yeah. Um, some other patterns because there's so if you, many. So, if you didn't catch that, if you tend to gravitate to emotionally unavailable people, then there's a chance you could you be, be a, a little codependent. Yeah. And I, I feel like, you know, having this low sense of adequacy, having this shame that we talked about in the top of the episode can really lend to, lend itself to that. Yeah. I mean, if you have all this shame, you don't think you deserve good. Right. You got to you, if you're confident about what you want and who you are and you're not and you're setting your boundaries and you're not willing to take certain things, you're not going to keep attracting people who are like emotionally unavailable. You're going to seek that out. You're going to you're going to snuff out those people. Are, immediately. That's not in your that's not yes. in your criteria. Right. It's like, not oh, they're not available. I don't need that. Right. You know, but if you don't have those boundaries and it's hard for people with codependency to, to hold their boundaries is because um, they allow people to overstep those because they're given their their job is to give and 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 to sacrifice themselves. Yeah, and what so, they perceive as their job. Right, yeah. right, right, right. That's yeah. What yeah. you perceive as your job is to give and sacrifice mm-hmm. and all those things. And so, you know, whatever you need or, you know. If you if somebody is overstepping, you're going to allow it to pass, mm-hmm. and you're going to keep allowing it to pass. You don't allow, allow everybody to overstep those boundaries because you're a giver, you're you're self sacrificer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you have, have a reason. You, you that have, is you're dangerous. A, you're a people pleaser, and so your boundaries just erode and erode and erode away. And it's very interesting that you say that because uh, there's a supporter of the podcast by the name of Liz, and I'm actually going to play a contribution that she made to the podcast this week, a little in the form of a little audio message. But she was saying that a lot of times people view people who are codependent as just being nice. Oh, they're they're just being nice. A lot of times in society is just seen as being a good person or being nice, and mm-hmm. really it's this codependency that's being masked and being. Dis- Skies, you yeah. know what I mean? And it's also being appraised, you know? Yeah, almost. Especially, yeah. like you said, almost, especially in women. Yeah, and being a nice person is, you know, if you hear that you're a nice person for doing these things, people are reinforcing this behavior yeah. and they don't know that you just you just cannot yeah. stop doing it. Only that. you know. Yeah. Only you know. It's deep down. Yeah. So, um... Should I go into the audio message? Do you have anything that nah, you want to say? I'm, I'm very curious to hear what she Do you want to hear say. this? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, we're going to react to it live, baby. Let's get it. Okay. Here we go. For me, codependency has always, I think, been a part of my life. I've always been really dependent on people. I think another part of it is that I'm extroverted, so I have a natural need to be around people. And that can manifest into a codependent need on people, Mm. you know, instead of like self-soothing and working with myself and like finding things that can help me deal with my emotions, calling people, like feeling like I need to be around people, feeling like this person has to answer my calls whenever some emotional part of myself is coming up. And I also think it's just, especially in women, it's very normal. Like the, I still get girls that will tell me, Things like, why are you not answering my phone? I really need you. Like, you're so mean for not answering the phone. Wow. I need you. And there's this <laughs> That's fucked up. societal norm around drop everything to help everyone else because you need to be a savior 
and how dare you take care of your needs before you take care of others. Mm. And so I think that a lot of females are naturally codependent more so than men. And they got called selfish and a lot of really mean words if they're not. See, and that's what you were saying. Yeah. And one thing that's very interesting is that she's not even saying, a. Well, I mean, it may be different for for you know different people's situations but one thing i found interesting is that she got that shame from a woman yeah like uh, another woman because told it, that. and it becomes expected like the more if you were a codependent person and people see that it's not like they're gonna tell you oh i feel like you're being codependent because it looks like just somebody being nice so they're gonna start expecting it actually yeah and anything you anytime you act outside of that mm-hmm. it's like well, wait you aren't being yourself yeah and 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 that's when those boundaries you know they they don't even know that there should be a boundary there yeah. because uh they're used to taking um from you and 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 if they're a narcissist they're used to taking from everybody you're being mean pick up the phone like yeah like uh no like you you call me mean because (laughs) i just need some time for myself that's kind of that's kind of that's kind of rude to even just put on somebody i know liz actually sent one more clip Ooh, double Uh, trouble if you want to go ahead and listen to that you want to react to that throw it on throw it on all right let's get it when i was really in my peak codependency i think i stayed in it for so long because no none of my friends around me none of my family members no one thought anything was wrong because I was Mm. just doing things like helping someone find a job or um, being there for someone at every single second answering calls and that doesn't look bad on the surface so no one really calls it out and only you know that it's actually hurting you like you have some part of yourself that knows this isn't healthy yeah and the thing about that is like a lot of times the people around you benefit off of you being codependent. And so like, it's very, unless they just care for you, like for who you are and uh, they don't get any benefit out of, out of you, then like, they probably won't be like, you're bending yourself right backwards just to help out this person. You don't need to do that. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, I'm glad that she was able to see that, um, she had issues with um, codependency, and um, I was lucky enough to have um, have people in my life point out different things that were about codependency, and then mm-hmm. ultimately, actually, Ari pointed out to me, it was just like, you might want to... And when she told me, I got really mad. I was offended that mm-hmm. she would like suggest something like that. That and you then, might be codependent? Yeah, and I was just like, what? Like I just got really just... I got really defensive, and that's the thing of codependence for them to be defensive and you know this is a part of who i am and to deny it at first um but you know i I, then when i learned about codependency i was like wow there were certain people in my life who pointed this out and i shrugged them off and i shrugged off what they were saying and or like one thing about codependency and when you and i guess this would be the transition into you know wrapping this up Mm -hmm. when you're recovering as a codependent is that you feel very selfish for making decisions for yourself that Mm -hmm. are for your own for your own good yeah it feels Um, like you're being selfish at first yeah so i think i think we've kind of we've kind of gotten to what codependency is it's it's this sneaky kind of psychological imbalance or or it's like a it's like a mind virus that that if it's if it's left unchecked 
then it uses your personality as as a cloak to kind of hide itself in your mind and then it it'll it'll collaborate with your with your low self-esteem and slowly infect you more and more until all your relationships are just based off of need mm-hmm. and not genuine love so mm-hmm. you know how do you how do you recover from something that's so that's so sneaky? And it's it? it's a process, man, and it, and it takes it's an ongoing process because, you know, if you are at the point of codependency, then like you know these this behavior was reinforced a lot in different ways mm-hmm. in your life, um, and so it's it's hard at first. For for me, it was really hard for me to start being quote unquote selfish, and um, you know a lot of things you may see in the self-help world um they talk about you know it's okay to be selfish sometimes like a lot of the audience of those messages are codependents Mm -hmm. because they're used to just giving so much um and so being selfish doing something just for yourself feels wrong it feels out of character it feels um bad Mm -hmm. it feels like you're being a bad person because you aren't sacrificing yourself for somebody else and somebody may you know say that they need your help and for you to say no like who are you in in this in this world you're being to say, mean you're being mean <laughs> or like you're being an asshole mm-hmm. or um you know you're just you're not being yourself yeah and so you know and people who take advantage of codependent people may you know when they start putting up these boundaries and when they start saying no they may feel like you know you're being weird like why like you usually always help me yeah. like yeah. why why are you acting like this oh you're fake oh you're changing because you're switching, XY, you're yeah. switching it up so how would you so cuz we we talked about this in, in the in the boundaries episode the difference between self-care and being selfish mm-hmm. what are some of those things that they can do to kind of start nipping this behavior in the bud you could go to a 12-step program and if you really see it as a true addiction you could seek that out Mm. but do you think that people who identify with this should uh, start doing little things just for themselves like whether it be something really small like well one thing that helped me because I was in very big denial and then I realized I was like wow I'm denying the shit out of this Mm, so maybe it's first that maybe first is realizing it well I mean for me what really helped me is I I took there's actually a quiz um, that I'll provide the, the link to it um, but uh, there's actually do. a quiz where you can kind of learn, like, you know, where on the scale of codependency that you live in. Mm. And I was surprised that I was, like, moderately codependent. I was just like, oh, like, I'm this is actually I'm actually in the middle ground. I wasn't extremely codependent, but there's actually a lot of things that I do do yeah. that are um, that is a part of a codependent behavior pattern. And so, um, you know, taking that quiz um, and learning about codependency from an honest point of view. And for me, it was noticing how much I was denying a lot of the the, the behavior patterns that I was like, that kind of just, because I, I am fairly self-aware. Right. And just like feeling my denial of yeah, it was like, Yeah, there's a part oh, of you that's like, okay. I was like, damn, I just caught myself. Yeah. And so, you so know. you have to cultivate some type of level of mindfulness. Yeah. But that, everybody has that though. There's 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 things that people are are definitely avoiding in themselves that are there that they keep out of the foreground of their mind so that they can keep being the person that they are and they don't have to make any type of radical change. Yeah. 
you know that yeah that, i mean it's it's hard but you know that's a process that you cultivate but if you listen to this podcast i think that uh you probably already on that road yeah and I, I believe that you can you can crack that in yourself and i think we've given you enough fucking tools to be more self-aware huh? yeah, yeah i mean i i think our listeners and our supporters are are very self-aware in that sense um yeah. but it can also come from just your own beliefs and 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 checking your childhood beliefs and the things that you characterize as normal relationships or just things that you do in a relationship um it, it just may be normalized for you to do certain things or do the things that are listed on um on the on the site as codependent behavior and that's why that quiz kind of helps because it kind of helps you see how far off you are mm-hmm. um and how much you actually are because like you know if you do one or two of these things then it's like you likely don't have codependency yeah, you might actually be a good person yeah i mean it, if you're a codependent you're not a bad person right. but like you, you may be a balanced person i right. would say um so you know i think the quiz is really helpful um, but you know, if more and more of these behaviors start stacking up and you, you associate with like half or, you know, half or more of them, then it's like, okay, then that's reason to believe. And you may want to seek mental help, but you may also just want to educate yourself to know what these behaviors are. So you can start having more freedom, uh, in your life through being able to express your emotions and express your needs and desires and, and, and seek them. Mm. Tell they ass, man. Man, ain't this... playing no games, man. Season two about to wrap up, dog. I enjoyed that reacting to that message. Nah, we're that gonna was... do a little bit more of that in season three, I think. Yeah, I, I really fucked with that. Um, yeah, send and, some I, more in. And another thing with like recovering from codependency, oftentimes people who are codependent have like an abundance of of compassion for the world and for people, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, Maybe the direction in which um, you're moving with this abundance of compassion in yourself is what may need to be adjusted. So um, if you do find yourself having a a lot of those codependent behavior patterns and um, you just don't know what to do with all this love inside of you, um, it's a cliche, but direct that back on to yourself yeah. and no, and you may need to step outside of yourself and say, okay, if I wasn't me or if I like, how can I treat me the same way that I just shower all these other people mm. in this love? And it's going to, like I said, it's going to feel very selfish. It's going to feel strange to be like, no, I'm not going to give that to them. Instead, I'm going to direct this compassion and, and care back onto myself. It's, it all starts with you. Mm-hmm. It starts with you. And these and these practices, they will ultimately help you build um, the self-esteem and self-worth to go after what you need, go after go after your desires, and um, validate the feelings that that you have. Yes, we need more mindfulness. We need more balanced individuals. We need less co- uh, codependency. We need less narcissism. We need less of those things. But yeah, I'll tell you what we what we uh, what we need more of. Can I can I tell you that? Get, I love get that ready for this. Uh, get ready for this transition. I love that. We need more people to do the things that my co-host Cody Manawi is about to spew off in your ear. Do your little rant, co-host Cody Manawi. Please. please like all of our posts on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Evil Eagle Hour. Evil Hour. 
Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Head over to EvilEagleHour.com. Subscribe for our newsletter. We, you know, we may be doing some cool stuff there. I know hey. everybody's waiting for the newsletter, but I, I can't have y'all waiting for something lackluster. Um, I won't be a perfectionist, though. I promise. Um, and if you are feeling generous, if you are feeling courteous if you are feeling like you got a little bit of extra money and you want to support our you know our monthly cost to keep this podcast running donate to us the link is in the description you can donate anywhere from a dollar to fifty dollars and it's just like that i love that good job man you know um yeah do all those things please or you're mean yeah right or you're mean don't be mean (laughs) don't be mean please you know like our shit follow us do it share share our posts if they resonate with you please and if you don't fuck with something you know give us some feedback yeah we just want feedback we just need somebody to talk to us please okay we're tired of doing this this lonely podcast just just so it's actually not lonely I, I feel like we we're building a nice little community i'm trying to get some sympathy can you like i'm trying to play oh the, you're trying to shame them yeah, I'm okay i'm the sorry I'll, 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 I'll can i be a out. victim yeah I'll step you know what? let's end this let's ahead. end this you ready Let's get up out of here. All right. Peace. Hello. And now a word from our sponsors. This episode of the Evil Eagle Hour podcast is sponsored by The Cloud Chronicles. Wednesdays on CBS. Shia, you already know what it is. It's your boy, Drip God, the Clout King. And it looks like the fucking idiots over at ZBS actually decided to give me a TV show. Uh-oh. Looks like somebody's getting fired. This is The Clout Chronicles. The Clout Chronicles is a new type of reality show where every episode, you, the audience, gets to decide what I do live. And I'll do anything in my never-ending pursuit of clout. And I do mean anything. Alright y'all, looks like Marissa in Philadelphia is offering 500 clout points for me to start a friendly conversation with a stranger and then punch him in the face. Let's do it, Marissa. Hi, young man. Can you help me with some directions, please? Uh, yeah. Uh, give me one second, lady. I'm seeing thumbs up in the chat. I was trying to take these sandwiches down to the homeless shelter, but I'm not sure if I'm going the right way or not. Well, as far as homeless shelters go... That's gross, but I can definitely point you in the right direction, ma. Peep this, all you gotta do is walk down about two blocks, then go ahead and make a right on Go Fuck Yourself Road. I don't think I've ever heard of that road. Ow! (laughs) To get your suggestion on the show, it's just as easy as downloading the ZBS app and creating a profile. After that, access the Clout Chronicles Super Chat and tune in live every Wednesday at 9.30. And make sure you do it sometime soon because this shit is probably already canceled. Wednesdays only on ZBS. Blah!